listening to the American Variety Network. Your only place for variety on Blog Talk Radio. This is Choo Choo Stew from the Cave Crew Radio, and you're listening to Alex Cardinelli on the American Variety Network. The Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show is back on American Variety Network. American Variety Network is proud to present to you Chef Alex Cardinelli and his very own successful cooking podcast called Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show. Chef Alex will dive straight into your kitchen and teach you how to cook awesome meals. Are you ready for a cooking show hosted by a young, passionate, energetic, and food fun-loving chef who is going to come to each and every show with a smile? You've found the right cooking show. Want to chat food or share your recipe or ask cooking questions? Great. Just dial 1-347-989-8142. Now, let the cooking begin. Chef Cardinale, take it away. Hello, cooking and food lovers. Welcome to the Chef Cardinale Cooking Show, here exclusively on American Variety Network. I'm your host, Chef Alice Cardinelli, and welcome to my kitchen, where I'm going to help you cook and bake like a chef. I'm very glad to be back here on American Variety Network hosting my very fun cooking show. Now, when you think of a cooking show, you think of a TV show that's on Food Network or even a cooking show that is on YouTube. It's not every day that you see a cooking podcast. And I'm very honored to be one of the few cooking podcasts that is known here on Blog Talk Radio. And I hope to reach a new food-loving audience and cooking-loving audience here on Blog Talk Radio, as well as American Variety Network. I plan to teach you everything I've learned in culinary art school, as well as my personal experience as growing up in the kitchen with my grandparents and my mom. I have had hands-on kitchen experience growing up as a kid, and I've also had culinary arts training. And I plan to uh, give back to the community by teaching everyone that listens to my show a thing or two that I've learned over the years in culinary arts. So while I was on hiatus with the American Variety Network, I thought of a way to improve the Chef Cardinelli cooking show, and one of the ways that I planned on improving the Chef Cardinelli cooking show was to do all ad-lib shows, but I do that for all the shows here on American Variety Network. I came up with two new segments for the Chef Cardinelli cooking show. The first new segment is called Chef Alex's Daily Tips. And I'm going to be sharing some tips to make you succeed in your home kitchen. And my second new segment is Chef Alex's Kitchen Vocabulary, 
where you're going to learn some culinary arts terms that will help you become a culinarian. So the two new segments that are going to be on each and every Chef Cardinelli cooking show here on American Variety Network are my daily tips and culinary arts vocabulary. I hope you are looking forward to that because I am certainly ready to teach you everything that I know. Tonight's topic for the Chef Cardinelli cooking show is Italian cuisine. That's right, we're going to be talking about Italian cooking and Italian cuisine. Italians have the best food, in my personal opinion, and I'm saying that as an Italian. Yes, that's right, folks. If you don't already know, I am Italian. So I figured the first cooking show back, it'd be awesome for me to talk about Italian food. Now, here is the planned topic for tonight. I'm going to have a discussion on foods from Italy. I'm going to have a discussion on tomato sauce and the proper way to make it. I'm going to have a discussion on fresh pasta versus frozen pasta versus dried pasta because we all know that pasta is one of the biggest Italian foods ever. I'm going to have a discussion on popular Italian entrees and Americanized Italian entrees and much more. Many Italian recipes will be given out tonight, including chicken parmesan, meatballs, marinara sauce, baked ziti, chicken marsala, chicken melanese, Italian cookies, shrimp scampi, and more. So, let's get right into the kitchen and begin cooking Italian and learning about Italian cuisine. Chefs, cooks, and foodies, let's get this show started right now. Are you ready? For the first daily tip from Chef Alex. My first daily tip is about marinara sauce, a.k.a. tomato sauce. Now, we all know that tomatoes are a very acidic vegetable, or you can call tomatoes a fruit because tomatoes are actually fruits, but most of us Americans and Italians consider tomatoes to be a vegetable. So they have a lot of acidity in them. And when you are making a tomato sauce, the acidity is going to come out. Now, some people like their tomato sauce to be uh, acidic and spicy. Others don't. And I prefer my tomato sauce to be both acidic, sweet, and have a savory taste to it as well. So if you are not a fan of spicy or acidic tomato sauces, I recommend adding sugar to reduce the acidity in your tomato sauce. You could use regular granulated sugar or brown sugar, but you definitely do not want to use too much sugar. You only want to use a tablespoon or two tablespoons of sugar. Anything more will make your tomato sauce be extra sweet and I guarantee you do not want to have an extra sweet tomato sauce. So remember, folks, to remove acidity in tomato sauce, use a tablespoon or two tablespoons of sugar or brown sugar. Nothing more.
Time for some chef vocabulary. Chef Alex will now share some chef knowledge. Our first culinary arts vocabulary word is going to be misemploy. Now, misemploy simply means set in place and organized in the culinary kitchen. It simply refers to having all your ingredients prepped and ready to go before you start baking or cooking. It really is important to be organized in the kitchen and misemploy helps. Now, misemploy means that you read the recipe before you start baking or cooking. It means that you measure out all of your ingredients that you need. It means that you follow the proper cooking techniques for that recipe, and it means that you follow every single cooking or baking instruction on that particular recipe. So, let's say, for example, we're going to be making chocolate chip cookies. So, with mise en place, what we do is we read our recipe for chocolate chip cookies, then we gather our butter and put it on the table to soften, then we measure out all of our dry ingredients, then we put all of our ingredients in a mixing bowl and follow the instructions on mixing, and then of course we would scoop the cookie dough, bake it as per the instructions on the recipes. That is mise en place. So always make sure you keep your kitchen in order, follow all of your recipes, and you will be a good cook. That is our first vocabulary term of today's episode of Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show. That's a great way to start Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show today. Now we're going to talk about Italian foods. And I'm going to start by having a discussion on why Italian foods have been a comfort food for me. And no, it is not because I am Italian. And I know you guys already know that. But one of the reasons Italian foods have been a comfort food for me is because I've grown up in Italian house kitchens. I've woken up and I've seen my great-grandmother, my grandmother, and my mother making homemade sauces, pastas, and anything Italian. So it's been a tradition of mine for many years. They'd make homemade tornellinis, homemade raviolis, chicken parm, meatballs, cannolis, you name it. Now, my goal in life is to try and teach the basics of comfort Italian cooking to as many people as I can, hence tonight's show. And I want other people to enjoy Italian cooking as much as I do. And I hope that you get to experience Italian cooking with your family like I did. Now, I also think that Italians have the best foods ever. I mean, who does not like pasta? Who does not like chicken parm, meatballs? You get it. Italians have some of the best foods out there. I mean, even for desserts, we have a lot of great desserts like cannolis, tiramisu, and we also have some great breads and stuff. Italians really do love their foods. Now, I also love Italian foods because the very first food and meal I learned to cook 
was an Italian meal, and it was my favorite meal ever, chicken parmesan. I remember I started cooking at the age of 12, 10 years ago, and the very first meal I made, like I said, was chicken parm, and I did really good. I also like Italian food because it's practically easy enough to cook. I mean, really, all you got to do is cook pasta, learn how to make a homemade tomato sauce, and learn how to make meatballs and all the other Italian classics. But once you get that done right the first time, you're going to be able to do it every other time. The other reason I like Italian cuisine and Italian food is mostly everything in Italian is fresh. Now, I said mostly everything. Nine times out of ten, most Italian cooks and chefs will save time and possibly money by using dried pasta. I, for one, will use dried pasta. I rarely ever use homemade pasta, and if I do, it's for a very special occasion, like if I'm cooking for a special somebody like my other half or a friend that I haven't seen in years. Other than that, I use dried pasta, and I know a lot of other um, cooks do that as well. That is why I like Italian foods, and those are the reasons why Italian foods have always been a comfort food for me. Now we're going to have a lengthy discussion on the foods that come from the Italian cuisine. First, I want to start with the history of foods from Italy. Now, the Italian cuisine has developed through centuries of social, and political changes with roots as far back as the 4th century B.C. Now, the Italian cuisine has its origins in Etruscan, ancient Greek, and ancient Roman cuisines. Now, Italian cuisine is noted for its regional diversity, abundance of difference in taste, and it is known to be one of the most popular cuisines in the world with influences abroad. Now, that's the history of the Italian cuisine, a very brief history. Let's talk about some of the most popular Italian ingredients that are out there. Perhaps the most popular Italian ingredient, and I know everyone knows this, is olive oil. Italians love to use their olive oil. Garlic is another popular Italian ingredient. Pretty much every sauce recipe and a lot of the entree and appetizer recipes in Italy use garlic. Mushrooms are a very popular Italian ingredient. Obviously, tomatoes are a very important Italian ingredient. However, tomatoes weren't always popular in Italy. They were brought over from Spain. Very, very interesting fact. Pine nuts are a very important ingredient in Italy. They are used to make sauces like pesto. Pesto is a very important ingredient in Italy. Chicken is very popular in Italy. 
fresh herbs like basil and parsley are very important in the Italian cuisine. All kinds and shapes of pastas are really abundant in the Italian cuisine. There are over 500 different kinds of pastas, believe it or not. There are uh, tubular pastas like ziti, rigatoni, uh, penne rigati, manicotti. There are like a million kinds of spaghettis like spaghetti, thin spaghetti, angel hair, linguine, fettuccine, verisimile, uh, and some other kinds. There's also elbows, bow ties, lasagna. There's a wide range of different pastas out there. Cheese. Cheese is a very, very important ingredient in Italian cuisine. Italians eat and use a lot of cheese when they are cooking. Some of the most popular cheeses in the Italian cuisine include mozzarella, include Parmesan, include Romano cheese, it also includes mascarpone cheese, it also includes provolone cheese, and so many others, it's hard to name them all without forgetting one. Eggplants, strawberries, and apples are some of the most common uh, Italian fruits and vegetables. Prosciutto is a very important ingredient in Italy. Now, prosciutto is an Italian cold cut. Polenta is another popular Italian ingredient. Spinach is very popular in Italian cuisine. So those are some of the most popular ingredients you will find in the Italian cuisine. Now I want to talk to you about some of the most popular Italian appetizers. Have you ever gone to the Olive Garden and you were given some awesome garlic breadsticks? Well, that is because of the Italian cuisine. Olive Garden is replicating the Italian cuisine, because in the Italian cuisine, breadsticks are a very popular appetizer. Matter of fact, breadsticks are served usually before a big dinner. Let's say, for example, your uh, son or daughter graduated high school and you were having a formal dinner at a restaurant, you would be served breadsticks from the restaurant as a um, compliment or a complimentary item. Usually they serve breadsticks as a item to say, thank you for coming into the restaurant, like Olive Garden does. So breadsticks are very popular in the Italian cuisine. Um, I know a lot of uh, food companies are now producing breadsticks because they are getting uh, – popularity all over the world now, but in Italy, you will see a lot of breadsticks being served as an appetizer. Olives are very popular Italian appetizers. One of my personal favorite appetizer from the Italian cuisine is bruschetta. Now, bruschetta is a piece of toast that has fresh garlic, it has fresh tomatoes, and fresh mozzarella cheese, and it also has olive oil on it. I really recommend trying a piece of bruschetta. Stuffed peppers 
are a really popular uh, Italian appetizer. Mozzarella sticks are really popular. However, the Americanized mozzarella sticks are very much different than the mozzarella sticks that are in the Italian cuisine, but they are relatively similar. Salami and prosciutto are often used as Italian appetizers. They are usually served with crackers and cheese. That is something you would see at a fancy party, like a graduation party or a wedding. But in Italy, salami and prosciutto, crackers and cheese, and sometimes wine are served at fine dining restaurants. Those are some of the popular appetizers in the Italian cuisine. I want to talk to you about some of the famous soups and sauces from the Italian cuisine. The first soup that is really popular in Italy is Italian wedding soup. Now, Italian wedding soup has either chicken or beef broth. It has meatballs, spinach, escarole, some sort of vegetables, which depends on the region of Italy you're in, and also pasta. Italian wedding soup is my personal favorite soup of all time. I love Italian wedding soup. Pasta fujoul is a really uh, famous soup that has pasta and beans. Now let's talk about some of the uh, more popular sauces from the Italian cuisine, ragu. No, I am not talking about the company ragu or the brand ragu. Ragu in Italy is actually a meat-based sauce commonly served with pasta. So ragu is what we call American goulash. So what us Americans call American goulash is actually a ragu sauce. Pesto sauce is really popular in Italian cuisine. Alfredo sauce is also very popular in Italian cuisine. Now, perhaps the most popular sauce in Italian cuisine is the tomato, a.k.a. marinara sauce. What is tomato, a.k.a. marinara sauce? Well, tomato, a.k.a. marinara sauce, is an Italian sauce that originated in Naples. It usually has tomatoes, garlic, herbs, and onions in this tomato sauce. Now, this sauce is widely used in Italian-American cuisine. Tomato marinara sauce is used for pastas, pizzas, calzones, and other applications such as chicken parmesan. Now, as I said in my first of four daily tips today, if you want to make your homemade tomato sauce less acidic, make sure that you use your sugar. A tablespoon or so of sugar will bring out the acidity and make it taste better. Actually, it will reduce the acidity. That's what I mean. All right, now I want to talk about the proper way to make tomato sauce. Now, a lot of people think that by simmering the tomato sauce over a hot stove for hours is going to create an interesting and delicious tomato sauce. 
It will not. You do not want to let your tomato sauce simmer for hours on the stove. Why? Because it'll burn and it'll taste burned. So, folks, please do not boil your sauce for more than an hour. You should only be cooking your sauce for about an hour at most. Otherwise, it's going to burn and not have good flavor. So, here is my tips for making the best and proper tomato sauce. Start out with quality canned tomato products. Make sure you're using a top brand of tomato. I personally like Hunt's. I also use um, some other good brands. The better quality tomatoes you use is the better your tomato sauce is going to be. Make sure you're using fresh garlic and fresh onions. That's where your flavor is going to come from. Make sure you use fresh um, herbs because fresh herbs have more flavor as well. Also, make sure to try and not cook your tomato sauce in a metal pan because the metal is going to react to the acidity and create an off taste. So I would recommend cooking this in a sauce pot that is not made out of metal. I actually cook mine in an aluminum pan, and I have no problems with that. Also, my last tip for making the best tomato sauce do not have the heat on high because tomato sauce will splatter all over your kitchen and make a huge mess. Your wife or your husband or whoever cleans after you is going to be very upset at you, so you don't want to piss them off. So what you want to do is you want to have your sauce simmering at a medium-low heat. Those are my tips for making a perfect tomato sauce. Some other popular sauces in the Italian cuisine include Marsala sauce. Now, Marsala sauce is made from Marsala wine and chicken stock, and it has mushrooms and shallots in it. It also either has chicken, veal, or some other sort of a protein. Marsala sauce is made from Marsala wine because Marsala wine is really popular and really readily available down in Italy. So they had to come up with something to cook with it, and they made one of my favorite entrees, Marsala. Those are some of the popular soups and sauces that are really common in Italy. Let's talk about bread because there are a number of breads that Americans and folks all around the world have to thank Italians for. The first one is ciabatta, and this is an Italian white bread made with wheat flour, water, salt, olive oil, and yeast. It was created in 1982. Panettone, one of my personal favorite Italian breads, and fajaca is another uh, favorite Italian bread of mine. Pizza! Yes, that's right. Pizza is an Italian bread. Some common pizzas include calzones, which is folded over dough, usually filled with ricotta cheese and other ingredients. Margarita pizza is usually tomato and mozzarella. Now, I forgot to mention ricotta. 
when I was talking about some of the most popular Italian cheeses. Ricotta is a extremely popular Italian cheese. All right, now it's my favorite part of the show. We're going to talk about pasta. Yes, that's right, pasta. I love pasta. Here are some of the common pasta shapes in Italy. Ziti, rigatoni, tornellini, ravioli, spaghetti, and fettuccine. Those are some of the popular pasta shapes. Now we're going to talk about some of the popular pasta entrees in Italy. Pesto pasta. That's pasta made with a pesto sauce. Lasagna is really popular in Italian cuisine. Baked ziti. Lasagna with clam sauce. Now, let's talk about some meat dishes that are popular in the Italian cuisine. Cacatore. Now, cacatore is a meal that is prepared hunter style, which includes meats like rabbit, or sausage, or chicken. It has onions, herbs, usually tomatoes, often bell peppers, mushrooms, and sometimes wine. Marsala, which, like I said earlier, has the marsala wine. It has mushrooms. It has some sort of a broth, and it has chicken, or veal, or pork. Parmesan, has veal or chicken. Milanese has veal or chicken. Now, Milanese is very similar to Franchese. At least the one that I make is very similar to Franchese, except it is breaded with breadcrumbs. Veal is very popular in the Italian cuisine, and I know how a lot of you feel about veal. It is a very, very controversial meat, but I will say that as an Italian, it is a very delicious piece of meat, and I have no shame in eating veal. Actually, last month I made veal parmesan, and sometime this month I do plan on making veal marsala and veal franchise. And some popular Italian desserts include cannolis, biscotti, tiramisu, panna cotta, and other wonderful Italian desserts. Now, I want to talk about special occasion meals that happen in the Italian cuisine. One of the special occasion meals is the Feast of the Seven Fishes. And that really has seven courses. So if you are a seafood lover and you like Italian cuisine, this is for you. My God, I must tell you, I'm really sick of the Feast of the Seven Fishes because... Every year, the day before Christmas Eve, my dad has the Feast of the Seven Fishes, and it's really, really gross, except for the dessert part and maybe uh, one or two of the other courses. So the first course is stuffed calamari and tomato sauce, and that is squid stuffed with breadcrumbs, garlic, oil, or milk, and three eggs. The stuffed squid is baked with a white sauce, cheddar, and olive oil. I actually do like the stuffed calamari. Next is deep-fried fish and shrimp. And the fish and shrimp is dipped into batter and placed into the deep fryer. Now, this dish is typically served with lemon and cocktail sauce. 
The next course is another one of my favorites that I like from the Feast of the Seven Fishes, and that's linguine with clam sauce, a mildly spicy dish that combines linguine pasta served with tomato sauce and cooked clams. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm, delicious. My trigger fish and my saltwater puffers are going to agree with me. They love clams, too. They actually eat them live. I treat my saltwater fish better than I eat because they get to eat live clams. Anyway, back on topic. The next course is the fourth one, and it's marinated eel. Ugh, gross. Now, marinated eel is bite-sized cut eel, deep-fried and seasoned with salt and pepper. It is marinated after being fried in a garlic, balsamic vinegar, and sugar sauce. And I can tell you from personal experience, it is gross. The texture is gross. The taste is gross. You don't want to try marinated eel unless you like to eat that freaky stuff. Ugh, it's gross. Next is a dish that is called bacala. Now, this is cod that is cut into bite-sized portions. It is desalted by sitting in soaking water. It is pan-fried until brown and served with tomato sauce and pasta. Lastly, which is probably the third of a seven-course meal that I eat, tiramisu. And that is a layered dessert that incorporates layers of coffee-soaked ladyfingers, mascarpone cream with marsala and cocoa powder. However, I've had so much tiramisu in my life between uh, cooking school and here that I probably uh, would not want to eat it just to have it. Uh, I wish that the Feast of the Seven Fishes would replace tiramisu with cannolis because I like cannolis a hell of a lot better than I like tiramisu. All right, so that is a very, very in-depth topic about Italian food, an in-depth discussion on Italian food. Now it's time to talk about one of my personal favorite things about Italian food. But first, it's time for our next tip. For Chef Alex's second daily tip. Alright guys, here we go with my second daily tip for this episode of Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show. I'm going to talk about one of my favorite foods ever. And I can't wait to share this tip with you about pasta. I love pasta, but there is one kind of pasta I don't like, and there is one kind of pasta I will never eat, and that is mushy, soft-ass pasta. If you were to give me a plate of mushy, overcooked pasta, I would look at you, grab the pasta plate, and throw it in the trash. Mushy, overcooked pasta is an insult to Italians all over the world. Please do not hand Italians mushy, soft, overcooked pasta. The best amount of time to cook pasta is six to seven minutes. You want to cook your pasta 
until al dente. Do not cook your pasta for longer than six to seven minutes. Eight minutes is okay, but do not go over eight minutes, otherwise your pasta is overcooked. Remember, you still got to coat your pasta in sauce, or you're going to be using your pasta in other applications like baked ziti, lasagna, etc. So always remember to cook your pasta to al dente. Time for some chef vocabulary. Chef Alex will know share some chef knowledge. Our second and final culinary arts vocabulary term for today is al dente. Al dente describes pasta, vegetables, rice, or beans that are cooked to be firm to the bite. Now, uh, as us Italians would say, to the tooth. So al dente should be firm but chewable. You should be able to chew it with your teeth. Now, in Italian cooking, the term al dente is the ideal consistency for pasta, and it has a very brief cooking time, like I said earlier in the show. That is six to seven minutes. Now, the culinary term al forno is used for pasta dishes that are cooked twice, like baked ziti, like tornellinis that are baked, like lasagna, manicotti, etc. Pasta that is cooked al dente has a lower glycemic index than pasta that is cooked soft. When cooking commercial pasta, the al dente phase occurs right after the white of the pasta center disappears. Now you know what the term al dente is. Alright, it's interesting that my last tip and my last vocabulary word we're about pasta because now we're going to talk about the many different kinds of pastas that are out there. I'm not going to talk about the shapes of pastas, but I'm going to talk about the three forms of pastas that are out on the market for you to buy and for you to cook. Those are dried, fresh, and frozen. Now, dried pasta is made of little more than semolina flour, water, and salt. Now, dried pasta can be stored at room temperature almost indefinitely. Use up this pantry staple with your favorite spaghetti sauce or your favorite entrees. Many varieties of dried pasta, especially those from Italy, have the flavor and consistency you would find in a great trattera. Imported pasta can usually be had for only a few cents more than domestic ones like Barella. Dried pasta's firm texture means it can hold up to even the hardiest sauce. Most shapes double in size when cooked. One pound of dried pasta serves four people generously. 
Now let's talk about fresh pasta. Again, a really delicious pasta. I really do enjoy it, but I enjoy eating fresh pasta at a fine dining restaurant. Fresh pasta contains eggs and additional water, so fresh pasta is more tender than dried and takes about half the time to cook, which is a good thing. It is delicate texture, and it is best with light sauces made with tomatoes, cream, oil, or butter flavored with herbs. One and a half pounds of fresh pasta serves four people generously. And frozen pasta. No, you don't freeze fresh or dried pasta to make frozen pasta. Frozen pasta are pasta that you would get at your frozen food section at your grocery store. These would include pastas like tornellini, ravioli, um, sometimes manicotti, and stuffed shells. Now, these pastas are very easy to, to heat and cook because all you got to do is place them in boiling water and uh, let them rise and they are done. Usually it takes three or four minutes to cook frozen pasta. However, frozen pasta is a shortcut because you can make homemade tornellinis really easy. Uh, well, I say easy, but other people may have a hard time doing it, so I definitely understand if you do buy frozen tornellinis. Uh, I've learned how to make homemade tornellinis from my great-grandmother before she passed away, and I am uh, very thankful about that. However, I will admit I have yet to make them, um, but they are very, very good. So, the proper ways to prepare pasta. That's going to be our next tip right now. So, the best way to prepare pasta is to cook it in water that has been boiling. You want a rapid boil before you cook your pasta, and you want to make sure that your pasta water is salty, as salty as the ocean, because that is going to be your flavor for the pasta. I mentioned al dente earlier. Make sure you cook your pasta to al dente, six to eight minutes. Uh, nine minutes is okay, but you don't want to go over nine minutes. I said eight minutes is probably the limit, but I'd, I'd probably say nine minutes for some of the people that like things a little bit on the softer side. So the best ways to prepare pasta, make sure you start off with warm water and make sure it's a rapid boil and your water is salty as the ocean because that's going to give your pasta the flavor. You want to cook your pasta for six to eight minutes and you want to drain your pasta immediately and toss it into the sauce from preventing it from overcooking. That'll help prevent the pasta from overcooking because I don't like soft pasta, and I can probably guess you guys are not going to like soft pasta as well. Those are just some of my tips for the proper way and the best way to make pasta. However, pasta making is very easy, as you guys already know. You really just got to boil water, add salt, and cook the pasta, and make sure not to overcook the macaroni. All right, it's time for my third tip today. Let's get ready to rumble! 
for Chef Alex's third daily tip. All right, so this next tip is one that I learned from my friend, a fellow chef, and my personal chef instructor, Chef Matt West. This tip is also about pasta, and this is a very important tip. If you don't follow this tip, your pasta is always going to stick, and it's never going to coat to your sauce. And I'd like to say thank you to Chef Matt West for teaching me this in culinary school, as well as my other chef instructors. Now, this is a tip that a lot of us Italian folks know about already, and I learned it as well more in culinary school. But you want to coat your pasta with olive oil, or any sort of oil, but olive oil has the best flavor. You don't want to do it when you're boiling your pasta because oil and water do not mix. So what you want to do is you want to drain your pasta in the sink, put your pasta in a bowl, a big bowl that holds all the pasta, and toss it with the oil. This will keep your pasta from sticking. This will get out some of the starch in the pasta. And also, it will keep your pasta from overcooking. You want to run some cold water over your pasta as well. And the biggest reason you don't want your pasta to stick is because your pasta is sticky. It will not adhere to your sauce. After you have coated your pasta with oil, you want to toss the pasta with the sauce that you have. Now, if you're using marinara or alfredo or marsala sauce, make sure you toss the pasta with the sauce so that the pasta can adhere to the sauce. Thank you, Chef Matt West, for that wonderful tip. All right, what a wonderful tip. That is very important. So, folks, make sure you follow that tip. So one last thing that I want to talk about before we uh, take our short and only commercial break and before I give out my uh, awesome recipes for tonight, I want to talk about some popular pasta dishes. These popular dishes are baked ziti. We all love baked ziti. Spaghetti pie. Lasagna, stuffed shells, manicotti, pesto pasta, linguine with clam sauce. Um, let's see, what's some other popular pasta dish? Oh, yeah, pasta carbonara, which is actually pasta that is served in an egg sauce egg yolks that are whisked together with Parmesan cheese and prosciutto. And believe it or not, the heat from the pasta cooks the uh, egg yolks, which is a really, really rich sauce, but it is really, really good. Uh, macaroni and butter is actually a very cheap meal and uh, very good in Italy. Um, let's see. Some other popular pasta dishes would include... Um, I forgot the name of it. Primavera, which is a uh, vegetable dish. Pasta salad, which is really not that popular in Italy. It's more of an Americanized dish. And also there is uh, um, 
huge. Alfredo pasta, like chicken and broccoli Alfredo, that is very popular. So those are some popular pasta dishes. Popular Italian dishes that Americans love include pizza, chicken parmesan, veal parm, tornellini, spaghetti and meatballs, calzones, cannolis, and etc. Basically everything from the Italian cuisine a lot of us Americans love, including myself. So, on to our last tip for today's episode of the Chef Credinelli Cooking Show. It is a very good one, and you're going to get a laugh out of it, I'm pretty sure. And now here is Chef Alex with the last daily tip. My last cooking tip for this particular episode of the Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show is one that I've learned from my grandmother, my great-grandmother, who happened to be Italian, and my mother. Also, from the chefs that I uh, learned from at culinary school. Folks, when you are serving Italian people, you want to keep your hot food hot and your cold food cold. Italians have bad tempers and they get angry really quickly. But I can assure you, if for example you are serving them baked ziti and it is lukewarm, they are going to have a fit. So please serve your hot food hot, like your ziti and your chicken parm and your meatballs hot, and serve your cold food, like your antipesto cold. Otherwise, it's going to be a uh, canary and they're going to have a uh, fit. Also, when you are having a dinner or some sort of a birthday dinner or some sort of event, make sure you have your food ready on time. Otherwise, certain Italians will throw a fit. I am one of the Italians that is more laid back, carefree, eat whenever the food is ready. But there are some Italians out there who have traditions for when dinner is to be served. And if dinner is late, they will have a fit. So make sure you stick to that traditional dinner time. I'm just letting you know how some Italians are. And that is my last daily cooking tip for this episode of the Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show. All right, 50 minutes of wonderful information on Italian foods and Italian cuisines. I'm going to go ahead and take my one and only commercial break here and it's not really commercials because it's going to be a song from our endorser and supporter rapper and entertainer ryan serene from chicago we're also going to hear from our neighborhood market grocery store here in western mass big y and then there are a few uh american variety network show reminders that i'm going to play when we come back from this short five-minute break, I'm going to have nine Italian recipes for you. Folks, you don't want to go anywhere because I've got a chicken marsala recipe. I've got a chicken parm, a homemade marinara sauce, a homemade Alfredo sauce, Italian cookie recipes, and more. Nine amazing Italian recipes just for you. So don't go anywhere. It's up next. But first, I have to take a very short commercial break.
This intermission is being brought to you by rapper Ryan Serini. Check out his website at www.ryanserini.com and listen to his wonderful rap songs on iTunes. Let's keep it serene right here on American Variety Network. Shots away. We made it out. 
Monday, June 26, 2016, at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's going to be a historic event for the American Variety Network. It's a milestone. Many people believed the host of American Variety Network, Alex Cardinelli, would never achieve. June 26th, the American Variety Network celebrates its 350th episode, and you, the wonderful listeners, are invited to attend. Co-hosting this special celebration will be friend of Alex, supporter of American Variety Network, Jeremy Stellhorn. We're going to have some wonderful special guests, including someone who is an advocate for those with mental health, a country musician, and more. Plus, there'll be tropical fish chat, cooking chat, and more. So, listeners of the American Variety Network, come celebrate our historic 350th episode on Sunday, June 26th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, 6 Mountain, and 5 Pacific. Americans, can you believe that 4th of July is quickly approaching? What are you going to be doing on the 4th of July? Well, one thing you should be doing is tuning into the American Variety Network's Independence Day Fest. That's right, Alice Cardinelli, Jeremy Stellhorn, and the American Variety Network are going to be hosting the second annual American Variety Network 4th of July Fest, where there will be food talk, there will be some fun American talk, and more. Celebrate 4th of July by tuning into the American Variety Network 4th of July Extravaganza, live on the 4th of July at 12 noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, and 9 a.m. Pacific. Before you have your Independence Day barbecues, join the American Variety Network. Calling all Android and iPhone users. The American Variety Network now has an app that you can download. On this app, you can listen to any of our over 300 episodes of the American Variety Network. You can watch American Variety Network YouTube videos and see the posts that are made on our Facebook page with the latest show news and more. To download the American Variety Network app, simply go to the Google Play Store or the Apple Store and search American Variety Network and click download. You are going to enjoy this app as you can listen to any of our podcasts on the go or watch our videos. Download our app, American Variety Network, and enjoy. The Chef Cardinale Cooking Show is back on American Variety Network. American Variety Network is proud to present to you Chef Alex Cardinale and his very own successful cooking podcast called Chef Cardinale Cooking Show. Chef Alex will dive straight into your kitchen and teach you how to cook awesome meals. Are you ready for a cooking show hosted by a young, passionate, energetic, and food-fun-loving chef who is going to come to each and every show with a smile? You've found the right cooking show. 
Want to chat, food, or share your recipe or ask cooking questions? Great. Just dial 1-347-989-8142. Now, let the cooking begin. Chef Cardinale, take it away. My cooking and foodie lovers, welcome back to the Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show, heard right here on American Variety Network. Tonight, I, Chef Alice Cardinelli, am talking to you about Italian food and Italian cuisines. Now, in the first hour of the show, I talked about some of the Italian appetizers, soups and sauces, entrees and ingredients that are popular in the Italian cuisine. I also gave out some wonderful tips and some awesome information on Italian cuisine. Now here in the second half of the show, it's the best part of the show because I'm going to be giving out nine of my awesome Italian recipes that you, my listeners, can use in your very own kitchen. Ladies and gentlemen, right now, I want you to grab a pen or a pencil and a piece of paper, and I want you to write down all of the recipes that I am giving out tonight. Or you could also re-listen to the show several times to get the recipes. I'm going to post the recipes on my Facebook page, Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show, and also on American Variety Network Fan Group on Facebook, so you can also get them there. Ladies and gentlemen, it's recipe time. Here is some nine awesome Italian recipes. It's recipe time with Chef Alex Cardinelli. Are you ready for Chef Alex's delicious and mouth-watering recipes that are sure to taste as good as they sound? Be sure to grab a pen and a piece of paper and write down these delicious recipes. Now, let's get on to recipe time. Chef Alex's homemade marinara, a.k.a. tomato sauce. One 10-ounce can of diced tomatoes. One 10-ounce can of tomato puree. A half of a can of tomato paste. One large onion chopped. Two garlic cloves minced. One fresh bay leaf. Fresh basil and parsley. One cup of Parmesan cheese. Italian seasoning. Salt and pepper. Garlic pepper seasoning. Dried oregano. And your favorite seasonings. A half teaspoon to two tablespoons of sugar to reduce acidity. Sweat the onions and garlic in a little oil for 12 minutes. Then... Add the diced tomatoes and the tomato puree. Heat for 10 minutes. Then add your tomato paste. Add your fresh herbs and seasonings and heat for 20 minutes on low heat. Remove bay leaf and add a small amount of sugar to reduce acidity. Enjoy. Chef Alex's homemade alfredo sauce. 
Now, to be perfectly honest with you, I actually don't use a recipe when I make my own Alfredo sauce. I just use ingredients that I know, and this is a recipe that I make off the top of my head. But I'm going to do my best to provide you with a recipe for my homemade Alfredo sauce. So I start off with a stick of butter and a clove of garlic freshly minced or you could already use already minced garlic about a tablespoon or so of it I melt the butter and then I add the garlic and I saute that for a few minutes maybe a minute at most then I add about a half cup of chopped onions small dice the onions are for flavor and I cook the onions with the butter and garlic for about seven to eight minutes then I add two quarts of heavy whipping cream and you're gonna turn the heat down to medium and I let the heavy cream simmer for about 10 to 15 minutes until it comes to a boil then I add about three cups of Parmesan cheese. I add a cup of mozzarella cheese. I add some pepper, some salt, and I also add some fresh parsley, and I give it a good whisk. Then you could add your favorite seasonings that you like, and that is a basic, simple, delicious Alfredo sauce that I learned from culinary school. Now you could use this Alfredo sauce on fettuccine, ziti, lasagna, on pizzas, or even as a dipping sauce for cheese calzones. To make a chicken broccoli Alfredo pasta, all you're going to need is chicken, broccoli, and pasta, and you can use this sauce. Chef Alex's Chicken Parmesan. One pound of boneless chicken breast, pounded thinly. Three cups of pinko breadcrumbs or Italian breadcrumbs. Two cups of flour, seasoned with salt, pepper, and Italian seasonings. Four eggs, marinara sauce. You can use my marinara sauce or your favorite marinara sauce. Fresh mozzarella cheese, Parmesan cheese, fresh parsley, and cooked al dente ziti, or your favorite pasta, as a side. Pound the chicken thin. Then, dredge the chicken in the eggs, then in the flour, back in the eggs, and finish with breadcrumbs. Place on a plate to let the breadcrumbs stick. Heat a skillet with a quarter to a half cup of oil. Cook the chicken five minutes per side and then remove from pan. Bake the chicken at 350 for four minutes to ensure the chicken is cooked and extra crispy. Place in a casserole dish and top with marinara sauce and mozzarella cheese and fresh parsley. Bake at 350 for 12 minutes. Then remove from the oven and top with Parmesan cheese and place in broiler for one or two minutes. Be careful, you want a little golden and not burnt. Cook some ziti pasta.
pasta or your favorite pasta for six to seven minutes. Drain, keep warm, and serve with my homemade marinara sauce. This next recipe is simple, easy to make, filling, and very delicious. Everyone in your family is going to like this recipe. Chef Alex's Baked Ziti. You're going to need three pounds of ziti pasta, and you can use any kind of ziti you like, whether it be penne rigatti, regular ziti, or my personal favorite kind of ziti, rigatoni. You're going to need a pound of ground beef, a pound of Italian sausages cut into little circles. You're going to need marinara sauce, and again, you can use the recipe I provided earlier on today's show or your own personal favorite uh, marinara sauce. You're going to need some mozzarella cheese. I use about three or four bags of mozzarella cheese in my baked ziti. You're going to need some Parmesan cheese, and you're also going to need about a half a cup to one cup of ricotta cheese and some more parmesan cheese and four eggs so for this baked CD what you do is you're going to start off by cooking your ground beef and your sausage until the meat is fully cooked then you're going to drain the oil and fat from the meat then you're going to add your marinara sauce and keep warm now I want you to begin cooking your ziti. Make sure you cook it to al dente, six to seven minutes, and drain. While the pasta is cooking, you can make your ricotta mixture by taking a cup of ricotta cheese, or you could use a half cup if you want less ricotta, and add in the parm cheese, about a cup of parm cheese, and add in your four eggs and mix together. Then you're going to put your cooked ziti in a baking dish, and you're going to put in your ricotta mixture, then you're going to mix in your sauce and toss that together until it's all combined. Then you're going to top with more marinara sauce if you have any extra and your mozzarella cheese. You're going to cover that with foil and bake it at 375 for 20 minutes. And this is a very, very easy and delicious recipe. Enjoy my big CD, folks. Chef Alex's Chicken Melanese. Two pounds of boneless, skinless chicken breast, pounded thin, seasoned flour, Italian breadcrumbs, four eggs whisked, a cup of white wine, a half cup of fresh lemon juice, and some lemon wedges for garnish, a cup of chicken stock, a stick of butter, and a quarter cup of flour to create a roux. You're going to dredge the chicken in flour, then in the egg, back in the flour, and finally in the breadcrumbs. Saute the chicken in the skillet with a quarter cup of oil for about four minutes per side, eight minutes total. Remove the chicken from the pan and add in the butter and the flour and create a roux. Then put in your wine, the lemon juice, and let that uh, simmer for about five minutes. Add in your chicken stock and the chicken and the lemon wedges. You could serve this chicken melanese with pasta, mashed potatoes, 
or your favorite sides. They say you can't be Italian without a good meatball recipe, right? Well, here is my personal meatball recipe. I start off with a pound of ground beef. I use a pound of ground sausage and a pound of ground turkey. To that, I add a cup of Parmesan cheese. I add some fresh herbs. Usually I add fresh parsley and fresh basil and fresh thyme. I also add some Italian seasonings. I also add salt and pepper. I add some Italian breadcrumbs, generally about three cups. I add about three or four eggs and my special secret ingredient in my meatballs is some more cheese. I use fresh mozzarella, about uh, a cup of fresh mozzarella. So you're going to form the uh, meat by mixing all the ingredients together. Then you're going to roll the balls into ball shapes. And I actually bake my meatballs at 350 for 20 to 30 minutes or until they are fully cooked. I prefer baking them. It's the healthier way, but you can also pan fry these meatballs. You can also uh, broil them in the broiler as well, but baking them is the healthier option. You can serve these meatballs with marinara sauce, that traditional Italian style, or you could also uh, make cocktail meatballs out of these or serve them in a stroganoff kind of sauce. So all you also need for this recipe is some sort of a pasta and a marinara sauce. You can use my marinara sauce. Chef Alice's Shrimp Scampi, 1620 Jumbo Raw Shrimp, one cup of white wine, a half cup of fresh lemon juice, a cup of shrimp or fish stock, a stick of butter, and three tablespoons of flour. You're going to saute your shrimp in a skillet and for three or four minutes till they start turning pink. Then you're going to add your white wine and your lemon juice and the butter and flour to make a nice roux. This is a really simple recipe. This shrimp scampi is easy. Hope you enjoy my shrimp scampi. Serve it over pasta or rice. And keep it shrimp A. And now one of my personal favorite Italian entrees. Chef Alex's Chicken Marsala. You could also use this recipe for veal marsala, beef marsala, or pork tenderloin marsala. You would just have to change the protein. So for chicken marsala, you're going to need two pounds of boneless, skinless chicken breast pounded thinly. You're going to need about... I don't know, five, six cups of portobello mushrooms. You're going to need one large onion chopped in half. Regarding the mushrooms, you could also just buy two or three cartons of them. I use a lot of mushrooms in my marsala. You're going to need uh, a half of a clove of garlic minced. 
You'll need a cup and a half of Marsala wine. You'll need a half a cup of chicken stock. And you'll also need about a tablespoon of heavy cream. That's going to help thicken your sauce. And you're also going to need a stick of butter and a quarter cup of flour that's going to create a nice roux for you. So what you're going to do with your chicken after you have pounded it thin is you're going to dredge it in flour that is seasoned with salt and pepper and your favorite seasonings. Then you're going to preheat a skillet with a quarter cup of oil and you're going to saute your chickens four minutes per side, eight minutes total. Remove the chicken from the pan and add your mushrooms, your onions, and your garlic and saute for 10 minutes straight. Then you're going to add your stick of butter and your flour and you're going to stir that in with your mushrooms and your vegetables. It's going to form a nice thick paste and that is what we want. Don't worry when you add the liquid it's going to make a nice sauce and your vegetables will go back to looking like vegetables. After you have created your roux you're going to mix in your marsala wine. You can also mix in your chicken stock. And you're going to let that boil away for about 10 minutes. Then you're going to add in your heavy cream. And let that cook for about 5 minutes. Add your chicken back to the pan and cook for 5 minutes more or until heated through. Serve this marsala with pasta or mashed potatoes or risotto or rice pilaf. All right, it's time for our only Italian dessert recipe of the show, Chef Alex's Italian Cookies. A half cup of butter softened, a half cup of white sugar, three eggs, two teaspoons of vanilla extract, one tablespoon of lemon juice, three cups of all-purpose flour, and three teaspoons of baking powder. Now, Italian cookies usually have anise extract in them, but I don't like anise, so I opt for lemon juice. However, you can use anise if you like anise. For the glaze, you're going to need two cups of powdered sugar, three tablespoons of lemon juice, and three to four tablespoons of milk, depending on how thin you want your glaze. You're also going to need some um, sprinkles to decorate your Italian cookies. Treat your oven to 350 and line your cookie sheets with nonstick parchment paper. In a large bowl, cream together the butter and sugar until smooth. Mix in the egg, vanilla, and lemon juice. Combine the flour and baking powder. Stir into the cream mixture until blended. Divide dough into walnut-sized portions. Roll each piece into a rope and then shape into a loop. Place cookies two inches apart on the cookie sheets. Bake for eight to ten minutes in the preheated oven until firm and golden at the edges. To make the glaze, pour the powdered sugar into a bowl, add the lemon juice and the milk, and stir until you get your glaze consistency that you like. I like mine to be a little bit on the thick, but thin side as well. Then glaze your cookies and decorate with sprinkles. These cookies are really delicious, and you're going to like them.
I can assure you that you're going to like the Italian cookies because I am snacking on one of them right now. They are very delicious. Anyway, I hope you'll try any of my wonderful nine Italian recipes that I've given you on tonight's show. That's going to do it for us tonight here on the Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show. I hope that you enjoyed our chat on Italian cuisine and Italian cooking, and I hope you learned a lot about Italian food. I'm Chef Alice Cardinelli, and I'd like to say thank you so much for being here tonight live in my kitchen. Please make sure to subscribe to me on Facebook, hit like on our fan page, American Variety Network, hit like on Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show on Facebook, and check out our app on the Google Play Store and the Apple Play Store, American Variety Network. This is the Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show, heard right here on American Variety Network, on Blog Talk Radio, and the American Variety Network app. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great night, and I'll see you next week for our next episode of the Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show, where I'll be talking about meat and poultry. Good night, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of American Variety Network. We really appreciate your listen. Feel free to download our app on the Google Play Store and the Apple Play Store. American Variety Network. Good night, everyone.